So a lady tells a local reporter, I tried to get into the mission, but they turned me away because of my car. So the news outlet runs with the mission is bad narrative, and the following news cycle is where it shows up. We at the mission are committed to not defending ourselves in situations like this if doing so would require that we share negative information about our accuser. Let me explain the kind of negative information that I'm talking about. Mary contacts the mission because she needs a place to stay. She and her cat have been living in her car for six months and not only is it getting hot, but she no longer can afford to insure her vehicle. She can't make any of her appointments because she'd have to leave her cat alone in the car. And although she's capable of working, well, she can't go to work because of the same reason. She knows that her cat is not an actual service animal, but the idea of parting for any real length of time she's decided is just not an option to her. She can't afford car insurance without a job, so well, she can only be a danger to society if she drives. A mission staff tells her that she can help her find a buyer for her car and someone to board her cat but she must agree to do those things in order to join the program. Mary walks away sadly and tells the reporter, yeah, I tried to check into the mission, but they just didn't care enough to check me in. And so goes the headline. <laughs> in over a decade of work with thousands of homeless people, I've noticed one consistency that they all share. I struggle as much with partner agencies and churches in dealing with it as I do with the homeless person themselves because they tend to want to either avoid discussing it entirely or to minimize it. The problem simply boils down to this. Homeless people are usually committed to at least one or more inappropriate priorities in their life. If a homeless person is ever going to become free from homelessness, they must become committed to letting go of choices that keep them broke, socially isolated, in poor health, unemployable, etc. Unfortunately, telling somebody that a behavior is bad or inappropriate is very unfashionable these days. But unless we're prepared to do so, I'm afraid the story of homelessness in America will only get worse. Most of society has no problem telling an alcoholic or a drug addict that they desperately need to stop feeding their addictions if they want to get off the streets. But for some reason, nobody wants to tell them to stop smoking, using foul language, collecting stray dogs, or stop spending all their money on tattoos and piercings. No one wants to say, if you want to get a job, you're going to have to cut your hair. And if you do, well, you're just not low barrier enough. While all may argue that none of these things are inherently immoral, or certainly none of them are illegal, I've watched countless individuals choose things like these over a clear path to independence. Even worse, I've seen government agencies and Christian ministries who are all paid to help reduce the problem of homelessness 
refuse to even address these issues and limit their effectiveness as a result. If you want to dramatically reduce homelessness in America and maybe even leave it behind yourself, you must let go of, at least temporarily, your sense of value in your current personal identity. In other words, if our main enemy is homelessness, then we have to focus our fight there and not allow it to become about our race, sexual orientation, romantic relationships, hairstyle, dietary preferences, religious practices, love for animals, uh, enjoyment of alcohol or tobacco, or anything else. I'm not suggesting that all of these things are equal or even similar. What I am saying is that I've seen time and time again folks so utterly committed to any one of these things that they would rather be homeless than give up one for a season. Unless we are prepared to make our primary focus to leave homelessness behind above all other things and all other issues, we will never win the battle. Whether or not a person needs a companion animal to flourish is a debate society can and maybe should have but we must first be willing to separate that discussion from that of what is required for survival in our society. It may take decades to persuade the public opinion that we should openly embrace companion animals in all aspects of public life, including the workplace, restaurants, hospital surgery rooms, shopping centers, and in the landlord-tenant relationships. But when a homeless person is suffering from hypothermia and malnutrition because they won't stay in a shelter that refuses to accept their dogs, and as a result, we shame the shelter rather than the homeless person, we solve nothing and suffering continues to increase. If instead, we convince the homeless person to have someone board or foster the dog until that person can afford to acquire housing, of their own, then we're decreasing suffering and we're beginning to solve the problem in the right order. At the Gospel Rescue Mission, we work hard to solve the problems that lead to homelessness in the right order. Our staff work hard to help individuals set right priorities so that when they have successfully left the mission, they're less likely to return. These are often difficult conversations as you can imagine but they're good ones aimed at setting people free and raising their sense of dignity. Setting right priorities can be hard enough for any of us, myself included, but hard decisions are often best made when we collaborate with wise friends who are committed to help. And that's exactly what we do here at the Gospel Rescue Mission.